1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, and I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son? And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, well, <laughs> what an amazing story. Right? And what an amazing reading. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank gosh, you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's so much great stuff here. Verse one just hit me in the chest like a bag of bricks. Um, now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Mm. And we know this in the context um, if you haven't been listening along, we've basically just learned all of this rampant wickedness that the religious leaders, mainly Eli's sons, Hoffman right. and Phineas, that they were perpetuating. Yeah, it was both just like uh, you know theft and uh, sexual perversion at the entrance of the tabernacle, which is kind of hard to imagine when you right. like read about how highly the tabernacle was right. revered. Um, but it, it's interesting, like. This, as a little aside, is is really comforting 
in this unique way because it's easy to feel so divorced from the days of scripture Mm because it's like, oh, God was just like talking to everybody back then. Like he was just like a a chatterbox, you know, like everybody heard a word of the Lord. And now we live in these days where there's seems to be just silence. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear these stories, like especially among the persecuted church or, you know, Mm -hmm. from these people who you're not sure if they're telling the truth or not of these words from the Lord or, or, um, divine, you know, participation. But for the most part, it just kind of feels quiet a lot of times. Right. But it, you know, it it reminds me of Isaiah 50, which we read for a call to worship a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it, it is not because, uh, the Lord has, has silenced himself, but you have hardened your hearts so that you cannot hear mm. from the Lord. Yeah, and so that is the context where God speaks to Samuel. So, what right. are what are your thoughts? Yeah, on well, just playing off of what you just said, I mean, it is interesting that they still had the Pentateuch, they still had the mm-hmm. words of God, and yet they did not have a prophet. Mm. The God, that's how God had used, um, you know, how He spoke to His people, sending a prophet to speak for Him um, throughout this time in history. And yet, you're right; He had been silent in that area and there mm-hmm. had been a rarity of, of visions and again because of the hardness i mean we know this is set in the time period of judges as well not even just the you know extreme perversion of um eli's sons but also just the people were doing what was right in their own eyes so we don't hear a prophet but it also kind of explains even though now you know obviously we we do have the lord's word we have it everywhere available to us in so many ways he is speaking to us through his word so we don't require prophets in the way that they did then but mm-hmm. in this time in redemptive history they they were in dire straits without a prophet yeah um but here the lord comes and calls a prophet for them mm. but i do think it kind of explains why eli was you know um not sensitive to what was happening in the beginning this kind yeah. of like three calls yeah. it's like wait wait we haven't heard from the lord and like yeah i mean like we don't have prophets here you know haven't been or visions yeah. It's kind of um, like in Stranger Things, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in Stranger Things, like when stuff starts going down, the cops, you know, they're in this like sleepy small town and there's yeah. like never any crime. And they're like, yeah, what do we do with crime? You know, like, right, it, right. It's like, <laughs> the thing that they're made to deal with is it, almost exactly. like this foreign object. Right. Uh, they yeah. don't have uh, eyes or to see or ears to hear or yeah. understand. Yeah. And so, yeah, so now we have this amazing thing but i think also just pointing to like who god is that even in the midst of this extreme perversion mm-hmm. and even i mean what was so terrible about eli's sons is they also just despised the offerings which mm. is the very means of their salvation which i think also explains why you have this really seems very harsh mm. um pronouncement he had already yeah. said it was going to happen but his first word to Samuel, mm-hmm. once you know he accept, realizes this is the Lord calling him and speaking to him, is this um, this condemnation and of um, you know Hophni and Phineas yeah. and there and that there is no yeah there's no hope in it like it, it is absolutely. done um, and why is that? Well, they actually despised the very means of their salvation. Absolutely, and you know thinking about this passage from Samuel's point of view is. It's pretty interesting because we have this juxtaposition of Hophni and Phineas versus Samuel mm-hmm. sort of leading up to this. So, 
you know, we we see Hophni and Phineas stealing from the people's sacrifices. Meanwhile, Samuel's ministering before the Lord. Then we see or hear about Hophni and Phineas laying with women in the tabernacle. And then we hear Samuel continued to grow in stature and favor with the Lord and with man. And, you know, there's kind of this, this tension growing mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you have to think about like Samuel's like a real human being. Like right. he's, he's a boy, boy. <laughs> who yeah. is growing up with these older guys doing terrible things. And, you, right? you know, like these are sort of the examples of, of, servants of the Lord that he is growing up with. And so first of all, like it's pretty remarkable, an example of faithfulness mm-hmm. and uh, steadfastness and, and conscience that is guided by the spirit. Right. And I think also you see um, protection in that because it doesn't oh, really totally, make a, sen- a totally, lot of sense that yeah. he didn't know the Lord uh, and hadn't heard from the Lord. And yet he was protected from the evil one as god tells us yeah. um, you know what jesus actually prayed for his disciples and us in john 17 but that's a real thing that god is actually we're yeah. in this world we haven't been removed from it and yet he you can mm-hmm. clearly see his protection over samuel because like you said it doesn't make any sense yeah and i just have to wonder if samuel ever had the thought of like this is awful. Like what's going on? You know, right. like that. And that's just speculation, but yeah. um, we know he wasn't partaking in that. And so mm-hmm. there, there must've been some sort of tension. And then this is really cool to me. You know, Samuel's name literally means in Hebrew, God hears. Right. El is the shorthand for El Shaddai, God. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess the other part is hears. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so basically, he is laying there in silence and God is calling out to him. God hears, God yeah, hears, um, God hears. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's, and obviously that's the name, but it's also, this is the beginning of the Lord interceding and bringing what he promised in the yesterday's passage, a, a priest who will, a faithful priest who will stand and, we looked at Micah five um, yesterday. This this priest who will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And so, what a what a powerful moment where the Lord breaks this silence. Right, and then how beautiful that Samuel actually um, replies, "Speak, Lord, for your servant hears." Mm. That God hears. And then his servant here, and you just see this really beautiful relationship of God initiating, protecting, calling. Um, You know, he's got the plan for redemptive history and he's executing on it. And then um, Samuel is responding in faith. And that points us to the faithfulness of God's own son. That he was brought, he came into this evil, evil world because God hears. And yet he responded in faith and did the will of his father. Um, so Samuel is a is a beautiful type of Christ. Uh, absolutely. So I'm I'm kind of curious. How do you read? So then you know he gives this word of the Lord gives this word of um, condemnation. It's also kind of funny because like everybody wants to hear a word from the Lord, but then the first <laughs> word that Samuel actually hears it's not this like, like I love you, afraid, you're right? my child. It's like this I'm going to destroy everything. Right. And right. Um, so. And then Samuel relays that to Eli, which had to be an awkward conversation. Right. Um, and then Eli says, it is the Lord. 
Let him do what seems good to him. Right. How do you read that? Well, I think you see, I mean, as terrible as it must have been to hear, and obviously there was some, there was a lot of responsibility for that placed on Eli himself because he did not restrain them. Um, And yet I think it just shows that Eli truly was um, a follower, Mm. a believer, Mm. uh, a man of faith. And I think it indicates a repentance of, Yes, yeah. of all these things, I I agree with the Lord's yeah. um, judgment in this yeah. that it is right, mm. um, and He submits to it. So yeah, yeah, and then we, uh, you know, a- as this passage closed, it says, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Mm. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And, you know, I, I just think that, uh, again, we can't read ourselves into that. Like, this is so clearly pointing to Christ and um, the the one who speaks over us even now. And the Lord lets none of his words fall to the ground. And what comfort to know that those words are Christ, he is interceding for us. It's, right. His blood is is crying out over our iniquities. And, you know, just we see this little salvific prophet who who is growing here. And one day he dies. Mm. But he is a type, a, a, you know, an example of one who is to come who right. has defeated death. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, there is, I agree, there's not, um, you know, obviously God used pro- prophets and spoke to people in specific ways mm. in history for his purposes. And yet what a grace to us that we still have his word Amen. Yeah. and that um, it does not return void and that it is the very means by which we can know him and yeah. know his son yeah, totally. uh, to even experience salvation. So I think there's just a real high, high view of God's word and the power Mm. and the purpose of it Mm -hmm. in this passage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for Will Carlisle, this is Jennifer McClish. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.